This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I am Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. It is hot out there, but that doesn't—that means uh, um, we've got uh, some good football content for you getting ready to uh, get started here. Um, this is going to be our football preview show. Um, we're going to go over uh, Loyola, Nutrier, Highland Park, um, do the whole shebang, and also look at week one specifically also. So um, we've got a lot to talk about. So uh, uh, grab some water and uh, sit down and relax and enjoy a nice long episode of the varsity podcast uh just a quick reminder you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available make sure you subscribe um especially as we get started here with the new school year in the football season um that way you make sure you get all the latest episodes um whenever they come out um also give us a nice little review we always appreciate it, it helps us uh grow the brand as uh, more and more folks get to hear about uh, north shore high school sports and our hot takes um, and sometimes cold takes as well. It depends on how things go. But um, and so we're going to do four quarters. We're back to that format. In the first quarter, we're just going to do a general overview of all three uh, major teams in the area. Um, we'll look at them, talk about them, uh, what we like about them, what we're concerned about them, all that fun stuff. Um, then in the second quarter, we are going to be joined by New Trier Girls volleyball player Anna Vetter. Uh, New Trier played its first ever game in the brand new Gates Gym and the Trevians. Uh, won that, so we'll uh, listen uh, to see what that experience was like for Anna. In the third quarter, we'll play way or no way, mostly focused on football. Um, and in the fourth quarter, we get you set for week one uh, with uh, a lot of good matchups in this week. So um, a lot of fun stuff to talk about in this week's episode. But um, let's get things started here. I'll bring in Joe as well as uh, we get started here in the first quarter. Um, generally looking at all three teams um why don't we just start off with um Loyola and I think when we're talking about all three previews Joe I think it's kind of interesting because there's you know there's always um unknowns when it comes to this time of year you don't know who's going to come out you don't know you know who's really going to shine and that kind of stuff you know some guys who are coming back but um especially for our three area teams I think there's a lot of um unknown and basing a lot off of history this year um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. But let's start off with Loyola. And obviously the biggest unknown is um, how different will this Ramblers team be? Bo Deshro takes over after John Holosek left last year. Um, the Ramblers lose a bunch of offensive talent. I think they only have two starters coming back on the offense. Um, and they lose a bunch of defensive starters as well. Um, for the offense, obviously you lose uh, Jake Sterney, the quarterback who held the position for the last couple of years. Um, you lose offensive talent um, on the offensive line at a white at a, on a wide receiver. You lose Declan Ford. Um, even in the in the running back room, you unfortunately lose Will Nemesheim, who suffered a a, bad, a terrible injury that will keep him out for his senior year. So um, a lot of uncertainties on the defense. Brooks Barr graduated, went to uh, Michigan. You lose a lot of you know big components there. So um, a lot of unknown for this Ramblers team, and I feel like the only known thing is that. It seems like Deshro's kind of continuing with the same coaching staff and the same style of what's worked before and kind of led Loyola to be one of the best programs in the state. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you can certainly say a lot about unknowns, but we, we've talked about it in the past. Loyola, although it is a super cliche, so I'm sorry um, to drop cliche so early. I mean, they reload. They don't rebuild. Um, we, we know that from years and years of data that just shows. And even just, you know, last year, um, obviously they had so much talent, but even some of their second stringers were going off to play college that we never saw play and, and, you know, they were getting college looks. So that's just kind of the Loyola pedigree and it speaks to the talent that they get within their program um, that their second stringers can do that. So um, yeah, it's going to be new. Some things are certainly unknown, but I think the percentage that it will go bad versus good is less than in most schools that, that get that kind of turnover. Um, I think you can expect, you know, the talent's going to be there and a lot of the discipline and the scheming is going to be there to be, to put them in the best position. So we'll just see if it translates on the field um, because obviously there's no easy weeks in that league um, and even some of their non-conference games. Um, but um, some names that are going, that are going to start for this team are are going to be talented. We just know it already. Um, and we'll just see if it all meshes well and gels well. Um, I, I feel pretty good that it will, but you're right. I mean, there are certain things that are unknown. Let's stop with this offense. So much turnover, so much, you know, talent graduated. You lose Jake Sterney, who was an all-state quarterback last year, um, playing, playing at Colgate. You lose Declan Ford, um, a huge uh, wide receiver. That connection was really strong. You lose a lot of offensive line talent. Um but I, I think you get you obviously keep the offensive coordinator, so you keep that sort of uh, offense there. But um, you got you know a bunch of quarterbacks kind of fighting for that quarterback spot. What what do you kind of expect out of this offense, Joe? Just to see what they can do, and obviously you know I feel like it'll take a couple of weeks before this offense really kind of hits its stride, especially with how much you know new faces and new guys that they're going to have to put in there. Yeah, if we want to start with the quarterback, and we talked about how, um, you know, Coach told me and he told um, other media outlets as well, as well that that Ryan Fitzgerald um, is the starting quarterback, at least QB1, at least for week one. But he feels confident in all three, and he's, he's remained consistent on that thought throughout the summer with uh, both uh, um, Fitz, Fitzgerald's a junior. The other two are seniors, Lucas Holber and um, Freedom Ali. Um, both of whom, by the way, are also getting college looks. So that's interesting. Speaks to more of that talent there in the quarterback room. Um, you know, so so it's Ryan's ball. Um, he's a big kid. He's a very athletic kid. He's uh, a, a multi-sport athlete. He played basketball as well. He comes from the Fitzgerald family. His brother Jack was a tight end last year. Um, he's six. I, I believe he's probably listed at six four. Maybe he's a little closer, a little shorter than that. But he's a big kid. Reminds me of Sterney in that, but he's a little thicker. He can run the football. Um, he may be a little bit more bruising. So I, I think they're going to still wing it around a little bit. But um, um, we'll, we'll see what he can do. I just have confidence that, uh, that you got three guys with talent that can throw the football. They look good when I see them. So um, we'll have to have some guys emerge at wide receiver. Um, they're really high on – um, I do not know how to pronounce Nick's last name, but Nick is their um, um, wide receiver one. He's a track star, um, was uh, the, I believe he was the anchor on their um, state qualifying four by two relay. He, he ran all the relays too. He's a sprinter. Um, he, he's exceptionally good. Um, 
uh, or especially fast. I, we'll see how we, that translates to, you know, route running and things like that. But um, so they look for him to be the one. And then at running back, because we got no Luke Foster, um, who filled in last year after a couple injuries, he hurt himself. Um, or he got hurt. I shouldn't say hurt himself. He got hurt. And we don't have um, Nima Shine. We looked at Drew McPherson, who's had varsity touchdowns, varsity experience. He succeeded against the biggest um, opponents in the state before his ankle injury last year and even saw time um, before that. So, so he's a junior. He's big. He reminds me of a little bit of a combination of Maldonado, if you remember Mark Maldonado, and Vaughn Pemberton, just in his body type because he's tall, but he's super fast. So he's got that, you know, Pemberton was that bigger back. Maldonado was that small, shifty star, both stars. He's kind of in between there, but he's a legit, got legit, you know, college level speed and breakaway speed. It's just, can he be that workhorse that gives you every down or, um, you know, 20 carries a game? I doubt he'll get that, maybe 15, but they're also going to try to work him out of the backfield, um, which I know was their plan with Nemeshine as well before he got hurt. Um, and uh, they got a senior, um, um, Finn. Gosh, I should have that pulled up. I thought I thought I felt really good about these names in my head, and now I'm <laughs> now I'm forgetting their last name. But um, so that the, as as a more um, complimentary back. So I, I they and I think a tight end. There another multi sports star and Brandon Loftus who plays basketball as well. Um, another big target. They just came off um, having a couple big tight ends um, for them last year. And uh, it looks like they're going to have another kind of pass catching guy out there as well. Um, and, and another big body. So um, I think they do are going to, you are going to see some weapons emerge and there's going to be one or two pass catchers who we don't um, that come on that of course coaches on the team know, but they come out and we're like, okay, there, there's an option that they're going to be able to rely on just like Declan did last year. Um, and other guys have had in the past. How long does it take for this offense to kind of come together? I mean, you remember last year, you know, the, the way Loyola started season, St. Xavier, Ohio comes over, and Loyola just puts an, on, like, an offensive clinic on ESPN, just, you know, goes crazy, like, puts up yards, runs yeah. the ball well, throws the ball well. Like, it was a perfect start to a season offensively and obviously defensively as well. But how long does it take for a, for an offense like this to kind of come together um, and does it really have the opportunity to do that, given that, you know, you you start off, off against a really good Michigan team, um, then you got an April North team, and then you go to the CCL, CC Blues. So um, how quickly and how, you know, how soon does this Ramblers team need the offense to kind of figure things out, um, especially with how daunting its schedule is? Yeah, that's a good question. And I don't feel comfortable answering that like 100%, but I would think it'll take, you know, just – I think it'd be a little naive to think it wouldn't take a few weeks. I mean, we got, a, we got new names all over the field and, you know, no matter how much practice they have or maybe they grew up in the same town or whatever. Um, I say that because of, of course the, the Sterney to Declan Ford connection, that whole storyline went back to when they were kids, but uh, right. I just don't think they have that exact, they don't have that yet. They need, they need to grow it. We got a junior quarterback. Um, we've got a junior running back. We've got uh, new, new faces at, at pass catchers, um, a new offensive line. in I think three of the five or four of the five spots, um, although there, there are talented. And I, I think the offensive line is going to be huge for them, um, but it's going to be uh, take a while. I think to gel completely. I think maybe we see 
some big plays just because of the talent there. But I think we're also going to see maybe less consistency to start out while they're working out. It might take them, you know, four or five weeks to really get in a flow, even though they might put up some big numbers in certain games just because of the talent. I, I think they won't be where they want to be. Uh, yeah, I'll say till midseason at least. I think a big thing for this Loyola success, especially early, is going to be this defense and this defense returns some playmakers, but obviously there are a lot of guys who um, are being put into their role. Um, Joe Kelly on the defensive line obviously brings back a lot of good experience. Um, Ethan Hogg at linebacker, edge rusher, wherever they're going to kind of put him. Um, he brings back a lot of talent, and obviously he's you know being recruited by a lot of good schools. Um, so, I mean, the defense has talent, and um, when I talked to Coach Desro earlier in the summer, he talked about how you know, a lot of these guys got good reps. Um, and even though if they didn't start, they, you know, got, you know, reps last year with Loyola's blowouts and that kind of stuff. So um, it'll be really interesting to see how quickly this defense um, can kind of, you know, hold the pace, especially early um, when the offense is trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, I love this defense. Um, I really do. I, I just like, because they have returners at every position I think that gives it stability and a consistency right off the bat especially in the middle with Colin Schneed and and Ethan Hogg um those guys are real I mean I think they were two of the top four um tacklers last year um and obviously linebacker is always a thing for Loyola Academy um you always see talent there um but I I think Ethan is is a real star um this guy's going to get even more college offers. He, he didn't commit yet right yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think he's uh, he's that level of talented. And he always surprised me last year um, because he's not the biggest guy. Um, he, he's got great speed. He's got great technique. Because and he always would get free. And I'm wondering how how are we how our offense is just missing this guy. Um, but uh, so I think he's he's a star. Uh, Joe Kelly was out a lot of last year with a, with a broken ankle. I think he broke it in week one or two. Um, and then he showed up big in the state championship game. I think he's going to be um, a stalwart there on the defensive line. Then we got guys like Kenny Langston in the secondary um, who are going to do big things. Um, and other guys, um, Imu Ofasu, who's a star a track star as well uh, for Loyola, who uh, the coaching staff seems really high on in that defensive secondary. I wonder if we're going to see a little more turnover heavy um Loyola secondary and Loyola defense than we have in the past. Obviously, they're always very good, um, but will we see, you know, higher level of turnovers? I think we might. Um, so I'm pretty high on this defense. I think they're going to be something pretty special. It's just while that offense works on meshing, uh, can they be real special? You know, I feel like we kind of talked about this, you know, when the hiring happened and kind of over the summer when we were doing podcasts, but how – how different do you expect things to be, you know, under Deshero? Do you expect it just kind of be like, why would you break, you know, why would you change something if it's not broken, if you're, you know, doing that kind of stuff? I know obviously they keep the same offensive coordinator. Um, you got a lot of the coaches back on both sides of the ball and that kind of stuff. So is the, is the Bo Deshero Loyola team that different from a John Holosek uh, team, I guess? I don't think so. And I think we had a quote from, um, I think it was from Kenny Langston, who basically said, you know, like th there hasn't been much of a transition for players because the, the practices are pretty much the same kind of the, the culture hasn't changed because of, of the bow has been ingrained in it for, for since he was a player almost. So for a long, long time. Um, so 
Um, I don't think there's going to be that big of a change, but of course, Bo's going to bring his own tweaks and nuances, and uh, then that's going to be important in games that might be decided by by small margins in that difficult league. Uh, those nuances matter. So whether we see, um, I actually don't know what it will be, um, more attacking on defense or more running on offense. Um, I'm, I'm sure Bo will play to his personnel, but maybe he's, he's certainly going to have his own tendencies like every coach does. So um excited to see what those are going to be. Um, you know, watching Loyola for year after year, uh, I think I'll, I'll pick up on some and that'll be fun to just kind of follow along with. But I, I don't think you can expect just this brand new elaborate scheme being implemented that doesn't seem Loyola-like. I think it'll be pretty, pretty seamless. All right, we'll hit more on predictions and that kind of stuff in the in the third and fourth quarter during Way or No Way and our week one preview. But, you know, based on looking at the schedule, Joe, where does this team kind of rank in your eyes of what they can accomplish and where they kind of stack in the CCL, ESCC Blue? Obviously, you got um, Mount Carmel's a juggernaut who has been able to kind of do what Loyola does and replenish its talent. And um, you've got St. Rita under new coaching staff and you got Brother Rice, who's um a second year coach who's kind of picking things up now and has a lot of talent as well so I mean um you start the season against Catholic Central and uh, Michigan then you get Naperville North and you got Maris Brother Rice uh St. Rita St. Patrick IC Catholic Bennett and Mount Carmel um obviously that's not an easy schedule by any means but um what do you expect out of this team especially early on in the season when you got some tough non-com opponents and then you start off the conference with Maris and Brother Rice yeah, I mean, I, I expect success. I really do. I, I just don't think in terms of um, much will change in terms of coaching and, and culture and things we see on the field, and that clearly breeds success. And the talent pool is so deep, I really feel like we're still going to see success. But I wouldn't be surprised if we take a loss to a Central Catholic. Like, I don't think that's going to be out of the realm of possibility. And will that push them down in some people's rankings? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't think it should. I, I think it's in, in the league, it's still Carmel and Loyola, I think. I think it's one, two. To say who's the favorite, uh, maybe you'll make me decide in the fourth quarter of this podcast. I I, I honestly don't know. I'm going to need the next 20 minutes to think about it because I think they're both up there and um, it's splitting hairs at this point. Um, but I do like um, the Rambler, kind of like I – we talked about last year, even though they lost so much in the defensive end, it's like, yeah, but Loyola, and you know, certain when you when you have that level of talent and uh, coaching, and and you kind of next man up, and you have guys that some guys you know at, at certain positions, um, I don't think they'll be too big of a drop off at all. All right, we'll get back to uh, Loyola in the third and fourth quarter, but let's move on over now to Nutrier who uh, Joe could not have started the season worse last year. A lot of inexperienced guys, um, just, you know, things were not going well during the non-conference portion of the year. They started off 0-3, um, but then they really kind of figured still stuff out, winning four of their next six games, um, just missing the playoffs. But um, it felt like this team really grew a lot and built a lot of momentum during the second half of their season. Um, and now Nutria brings back a lot of talent from last season. And I, I think that this Nutria team, even that we'll talk about how, you know, how terrible and difficult that non-conference schedule is. Um, I think that this Nutria team is really built for um, su some success this season based on the lumps that they took on early last year. 
Yeah, I do too. I think this team turned last year into a team that had no idea kind of who they were. And they were all figuring out not only their personal positions, but um, how who they were as a team and who they could be to really being like, okay, we're a team. We just lost the main South in overtime. We're a team who can compete with anybody. I think that's the confidence that they bring into this year. I think they believe they can be a um, contender in the league. And uh, they take Maine South on early this year rather than late. So that's a bit of a change. But um, I think that talent in that room and the experience in that room uh, believes in themselves. So uh, we're going to see, we're going to see that confidence early. We'll just see if it translates to, points and touchdowns and, and especially on the defensive end of the football where they had troubles last year um, and even two years ago um, holding some teams down um, I think uh, they're going to need that to be pretty strong to be where they want to be as a team a contender in the CSL South and a um, playoff team with you know playoff aspirations you know um, second round third round type aspirations so they're going to need to um, prove that on the defensive end of the football. I think on the offensive end, as we talk about, I think they'll be pretty good. I think offensively, they really have the potential to really sling it. I mean, you got, you know, you got Patrick Hennigan coming back as quarterback. He's a junior. Um, he earned all conference honors last year and threw for more than 1,400 yards and ran for 300. Um, you're getting back uh, Jackson McCary as well. You've got a lot of offensive talent coming back. And I think that off uh, Crimiscoli is coming back as well. Miles Crimiscoli, um, who's getting a lot of uh, interest in from uh, college colleges as well. You've got a really talented offense. And I think it just comes down to, you know, can this offensive line protect that talent? And, you know, can they kind of hit the ground running, especially against tough opponents in the non-conference portion of the year? Yeah. Um, talking about that offense, I, I'm pretty, I'm real high on it. I just, I really like um, the, the variety they can bring to the field and the pressure they can put on a defense with guys like McCary, Kremascoli, Trey Myers, and, um, and Hennigan who can, who can do it both ways. Um, and in his second year, that's so important um, and critical that he got that, those reps last year, you know, he, as a starting sophomore, he, he made bad decisions here and there. And uh, I'm sure he'd admit it and it was clear. And I think it got better as the season went along. He threw a better ball and he learned to run the football. New Trier's run game last year uh, when McCary got hurt was, it was bad. They couldn't do much um, um, once McCary went down. And and this year, healthy McCary plus experience on the offensive line is really going to help them. I think they started two or three first year football players on the, on the line last year just kind of some big guys so they got experience um especially at the tackle position um so i think we could be pretty good here um and i think they're miles Kremascoli um is is legit one of the best wide receivers i've seen in high school football he kind of brings it all to the table he's not super big but he's got size he's got the physicality one of the more physical guys on the whole team and he on the field he'll be um, and he's got the, the speed and athleticism. So he, he's got great hands. Um, I think he goes up and gets it as good as anybody I've seen. And, and he's got that connection with Hennigan, which is big um, after a year playing together and also um, just growing up in the same community. So um, I like what he's going to do. They're going to get Miles the ball, not just um, out in space and, and up over the top. They're going to probably 
get it to him in the backfield, out of the backfield. I think they're going to do some different things with him. And on the other side, Trey Myers came in as a sophomore last year, uh, I think with only a couple games to go. And I think he caught eight balls in each game, including two scores against Maine South. He's a three-sport athlete. He's a star. Uh, those two guys stay healthy. I mean, you're going to have to cover them with two guys, both of them, which leaves a lot of room to both run and maybe for a slot guy. And from what I hear, they're pretty pretty high on some other their pass catchers around there as well. So um, I think we're going to see a team that's going to put a lot of pressure on the defense and move the football consistently. Um it's going to be exciting to watch. Defensively, Nutria returns um, all four starters on this defensive line with Liam Fitzgerald, um, who in all-conference honors last year, uh, joining uh, Charlie Gardella, Jaden Salazar, and Frank Zoltan. Um, then you got some uh, linebacking core of uh, Dylan Jeppe, Colton Berg, Aiden Corboy, and Duncan White. Um, you know, being able to do that, Kremiscoli um, and Dylan Benjamin will be the cornerbacks. Um, obviously, Kremiscoli saw both uh, time on both sides of the ball last year. But um, this defense looks really interesting, Joe. And I think that defensive line having experience will be important, um, especially early in the year when um, I, I feel like I keep, I'm like a broken record at this point. But he, when you go off against Hersey, Yorkville, Prospect, and Barrington, you're going to need that defensive line to create a lot of pressure on quarterbacks and stopping the run early on. Yeah, it's... Um... I'm, I'm intrigued about what we're going to see with this defense because I like how it looks on paper. And of course I like some of the experience and some of the playmakers and athleticism they're putting out there. But I mean, the proof is in the pudding at some point, right? Like they gave up uh, with some of these guys out there too many points last year at certain points that, they, you know, that, say against Stevenson. I know that was very early in the year, but that's a game they needed yeah. to win and they gave up two right. points. And, and that happened occasionally. Now they got better throughout the year, which, which, again, leads to that confidence we talk about being carried over. Um, Franklin Soloto uh, on the defensive line is a much improved guy. Um, Liam Fitzgerald is just a bulldog. He'll be there. Jaden Salazar is only a junior, and he was really good on the interior of that line. So I do think that defensive line has, has um, a chance to be super good. Um, in that linebacking core is interesting. we got a ton of athleticism, and I love the story of Dylan Jeppe. Because last year he competed with Hennigan for the starting quarterback job. Hennigan won it, and they tried to get Jeppy the ball both running in space. He was a running back for a while. Um, and, and to do different things, they brought him in a quarterback for a while, different spells here and there. Uh, but the kid is a super hard worker. He's a leader on the team. He has just crushed it in the weight room um, to the point where he's getting college looks and he's moving positions. Like they just know that this kid's a worker and an athlete and a foot, just a football player. Um, so I think linebacker is a good spot for him. Um, I'm interested to see what he can do there. Um, and their secondary um, with Kremiscoli, um, they might get McCary back there at a certain, at certain points, although I think they're worried about his injury history. Um, but they talk a lot about Dylan Benjamin in our preview. You'll check that out. Um, who is the brother of Artis Benjamin, who was a starting um, defensive back for Loyola a couple of years ago. Um, and they, you know, coach talks about, coach Dahl talks about how he might be one of the best he's seen at that position, which would be huge for them. Um, I think having Kremiscoli on one side and him on the other side as potential lockdown defenders and good tacklers would change that whole defense. So if that's legit, uh, we might be talking about a pretty good overall 
We know they're good offensively, but if those are true, maybe pretty good overall nutrient team. You know, there really isn't time for this team to figure it out, especially, you know, maybe defensively to kind of, you know, put stuff together. You start off the season against Hersey, you get Yorkville, you get Prospect, you get Barrington, then you start off your conference played with Maine South, and then you go to Evanston, Glenbrook North, Glenbrook South, and then you end the year with Deerfield. I don't see a lot of easy games there. Um, I don't see a lot of hiccups or games where you need to, you know, maybe you can kind of cruise or anything like that. I think that this new chair team, if it wants to make the playoffs, needs to prove it. And they're going to need to prove it, especially in the non-conference portion of the year, where I don't think this team can go 0-4 non-conference and make the playoffs. No, I don't either. Um, and I don't think that should be – I. I don't think it should be a goal to win all those games either, at least not a, a realistic. Of course, you want to win every game. So uh, what I mean is if they get one win or two, they cannot get down on themselves because they got a front-loaded schedule. Back half is full of winnable games, not not saying they're going to win them all, but winnable. Um, so, you know, you come out of that two and two and two, and then Maine South, we'll see how that goes. And, and I mean, you have a chance to win for the next five games and, and come out with a six and three record, which is huge. But, you know, Hersey is going to be one of the best teams out there. Um, uh, Barrington's going to be improved after a five and four season. Uh, prospect in Yorkville, who knows what, what Yorkville brings to the table, played in a different class, but with 10 and one a year ago. So uh, you got your work cut out for you for sure. Um, I just don't think you can get down if you lose a couple of those because your season's still in front of you. Um, and uh, it'll it'll be tough, though. It's legit difficult, and a good team can definitely go two and two in that non-con. All right, we'll hit on that more in the third and fourth quarter. Let's move on over now to Highland Park, who, um, man, have they been knocking on that door for the last four years. Um, they've been four and five uh, for four straight seasons. Um, and... They've been close to the playoffs, Joe. Just I know I read in your story just how you know hungry they are to get back into the playoffs and you know compete for that league crown. And um, they've got some experience to do it. It's just about actually doing it. Um, something that we didn't see late in last season. Yeah, they they took their lumps late when they kind of had that fifth win sitting out in front of them. But they had the difficult games, right? They had Maine West and they had Vernon Hills. I'm sure they want some of that back, but. Um, they didn't come out and uh, and take it to those teams, which I know they regret and I know they carry with them because it's, in a lot of respects, it's a very similar team, you know. Um, sure, they lost some seniors and some um, um, some guys, some playmakers, but they've got a lot of them returning and guys that have been three-year varsity starters. They started in that shortened COVID year, so um, – as sophomores and now they're seniors and they're, they not only take on the playmaking role, but the leadership role. Um, and it starts with the quarterback and, and all their playmakers as well on both sides of the football. I think, uh, you know, this is a year where it, it's certainly a disappointment. If, if you don't get to five, if you don't compete five wins, that is, if you don't compete for the lead title, um, not saying you're going to win it, but compete for it. Be right there because I think it's up for grabs in the CSL North. What do you like about this team, Joe? Obviously, the experience they're bringing back, but offensively, defensively, just what do you like about this team and what they can potentially do? Well, I like the connection last year and 
you can probably tell that I've been talking. I like throwing the football a little bit, but I like the the connection that Finfer and Blummer made last year. It was pretty special, and and they figured something out. Um, I think they had something like uh, 600 yards together, um, throwing the ball, catching the ball, six scores or something like that. Pretty big in high school football. So um, I think that connection is huge. It's going to open up different things for them. I think it opened up some running lanes for Finn for last year too. And um, I like that, uh, that. So that's the number one thing I like. And plus we got some guys, some other ca- catchers out there. They got a freshman who, I'm sorry, he's now a sophomore. He, as a freshman, he came up last year, Lucas Gordon, and caught some footballs. I think he's a special talent. Um, and uh, they got some other playmakers that can catch footballs, too. They're going to open up. Offensive line is kind of a sleeper thing for them. Um, they've got, I think, uh, three or four guys back on that offensive line. One transfer um, is out. But um, a lot of guys that are back on that offensive line, including that are seniors. So I think we're going to look for for – a nice pocket for Finn first, some nice openings for Nico Rosenblum, who's a third year starter at the running back position also has been all conference. Um, he's a little scrappy uh, running back uh, wrestler. So he's tough. He gets those extra yards. Um, and I, I think we're going to see a nice season from him too, a 500, 600 yard um, season, if not more for him. So um, it all starts right there. And just, we, we have some playmakers here. It's just, can we, sustained drives uh can we um you know keep the football in our possession and if so um i think they they flip a couple of those games and and are and will compete for that league i think you know they only played four playoff teams from last year uh deerfield was six and three main west was five and four um vernon hills was five and four and uh rolling uh conan was five and four um, so, I mean, the, the schedule is there for them to do it. Is it just pretty much, it's pretty much for them just to take it. I mean, at this point, I mean, you need, you need to win games, obviously that's why the, why we do this whole thing, but you know, you got to win games that you're expected to win. And that's not what this team did last year. And they seem motivated to do it this year. Yeah. I, they're certainly motivated. I, I don't know if they were expected to win those games, but they were, they certainly thought they could. And it kind of they got on the field, and and I think they were either un, underprepared or maybe overconfident. What maybe a combination of those two things uh, against a team like Vernon Hills, um, and they'll be ready from this year. I really do think um, you know second year for in coaching for for Cop too, Anthony Cop, and I think he's also talking about how he's learned after a first year of varsity and what to expect. Um, but that defensive, you know, I think they gave up 50 to Vernon Hills. That is just kind of an example of things they're going to have to stop this year. That can't happen for a team that's going to compete. I do think a wide open with between, you know, Main West and um, who knows what Niles West brings to the table, by the way, a, a new um, CSL North opponent um, and, and replacing Deerfield who moved to the South. Um, but that defense is going to have to step up and they got – the guys to do it. A lot of those offensive players we talked about play both ways. Same, same um, the guys on the offensive line, um, Alex Knight's one of them, Josh Pasternak's on the defensive line. Um, Tyler Glazer is a huge guy for them. Their middle linebacker. Um, he missed a lot of last year with an injury um, and he missed those games down the stretch. I think they would have been slightly different, um, but um I think he's huge for them um, in the middle. He he's a little bit. He does a little bit of everything. Um, it's just a, it's just a talent. And in the secondary with Rosenblum, Blummer, um, 
Asher Stern. Um, it's it's guys with a lot of experience and guys that can turn the ball over. If they can still turn the ball over and stop some folks, um, I think the sky's the limit. And for them, the sky is, you know, five, six wins in a conference championship. All right, we'll touch more on that in the third or fourth quarter after a monster first quarter where uh, we had a lot of TV timeouts and uh, a lot of uh, slow starts. We are going to move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by new cheer girls volleyball player Anna Vetter. I'm excited for our first interview of the 2023-2024 season. Wow, that's crazy. Um, But, um, Joe, I know you got a chance to uh, talk to Anna after, obviously, a uh, when to start the season at the New Gates Gym? What are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, um, fun one with Anna. We we, we visited the uh, um, opening night in in the new gym and uh, New Trier Volleyball uh, christened it with a victory, um, two set victory over Libertyville. Looked really good doing it. Um, looked uh, like a really strong, um, diverse team, um, and. Uh, I think it's their team to watch out for this year. Um, a lot of talent returning um, all over the court. And so we talked to Anna, who's a senior four-year varsity player, about uh, what it was like in the new gym, what this team's all about this year, and, um, you know, some of their goals. All right, let's have a listen. Oh, congrats. Thank you so Opening much. Opening season victory. Uh, just in general, we'll talk about the win. What was key to today? I think just our energy passing to attack. I think our passing was great. I think just the crowd definitely helped us a lot. I mean, this team works so hard. So just everything we've been doing in practice every day is just contributing to this win. It's awesome. It's It just feels really good. I think we worked really hard um, during the preseason and the summer, just coming in here every day for like three hours. So I'm really proud of these girls. Um, it did feel at least super early, a lot of energy in the room and on your side of the net. Were you guys ready for this game? Did you kind of yeah, feel it? Definitely. It's just uh, volleyball is just an energy game. It's all about who has more energy. At the end of the day, that's what's going to pull you up to win. And I think going to this, we just talked about, doesn't matter what happens out there, have fun, be loud, talk a lot, communicate, have lots of energy. And that was just what was most important to us going into the match. Okay. And what about the new gym? Oh, uh, it's how, awesome. The feeling yeah, about it's, it. Um, you're sure, like, we're so blessed to be able to play in this gym. It's awesome. The energy is insane. Like, it's just, it's awesome. The facilities here are great. Uh, the whole team is so excited to play here. It's awesome. It's, the new gym is great. I'm glad that everyone came out to show out. It means a lot from all my friends and just all my classmates to come out and support the volleyball team. We, we needed it. How did it feel? Did it feel close? Did they feel like yeah, no, in this like new setting? Yeah, no, it felt like they were right there. Yeah, you it? can hear everything. When That's I went back to cool. serve for game point, sadly, I missed it, but um, <laughs> You yeah, got the yeah, kill, yeah. though. <laughs> um, just you can feel their energy. It's awesome. Just they're right there. They're loud. They came to play. Like, they were just as much as in the game, as much as we were. It's awesome. Just I'm so glad that everyone were, was able to make it out. What about this team in general this year? What are you guys going to bring to the court? It just... Uh, we talked about this actually a few weeks ago. Just we want to be the most competitive, supporting team out there and the loudest team in the gym. We want you to see us in the gym, hear us, you know, know that we're in there. We want people to see our energy and want to come out and just watch us compete. You know, we want to show that we're competitive. We're serious about this season. We want to make it far. We want to do big things. So I think that's just what we want. What about you personally? You've been on varsity third year. This is my fourth year. Fourth year, so yeah. all four years. What did you do in the offseason? What did you have to hone and get better at? I think just like the mental aspect, knowing that this is my last year, knowing that it's my last time playing with some of these girls who I've played with literally since I was in middle school. So just 
realizing that it's a big deal, but taking that pressure and using it for good and realizing that, you know, we got to show out tonight and we got to keep pushing and every practice means something and every practice is going to push us more forward. So I nice. think for me, just realizing that this is the last time I can really show um, show out and show what um, we've brought to NTVB and that's the most important thing and I want to be able to do it without any of these girls. I think that's the most important part, just being able to play with all these girls. That's what I'm thinking about um, this whole season and in the preseason just thinking about how lucky I am to play in this facility at this school with these girls. It's awesome and the coaching is just, it's awesome. Everything, it's perfect. <laughs> that's great. Congratulations. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you, Anna, for joining us this week. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. We always appreciate everybody's insight. Always good to get the interviews back into the podcast as well. All right, the third quarter, we are going to do a little way or nowhere weekly guessing game, but we're going to do the football edition of that. Um, I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether they can happen. Way or no way they cannot happen. Um, so let's start off with uh, Nutrier, Joe. Um, we've We've talked about their non-conference schedule. They start off the year against uh, Hersey on the road. Then they're at Yorkville on the road. Um, then they host Prospect. And then they travel to Barrington um, to cap the non-conference portion of their season. Joe, way or no way, Nutrier wins two or more of those non-conference games? Ooh. I say way. Um, yeah, I, I think they win two of them. Um, exactly too. And um, I just really think, you know, some things are going to come together for them and click um, on the defensive end and maybe not to the point of it's like a Loyola level defense, but one that's uh, maybe surprised some people with their, with their speed and their abilities. Um, I think they got some pieces in place here. So I think that's going to be key for them. I, I just think their offense is, is uh, more reliable um, but their defense will click and surprise some folks. So I say they they take two of these games. I feel like I'm going to be a Debbie Downer by saying this, but I'm going to go with no way. I, I just, I think my decision-making would be different if three of the four games, if they were even two games at home and two games on the road, but starting at on the road at Hersey, then traveling uh, all the way to Yorkville, um, you host prospect and then you travel to Barrington. I know obviously Barrington and Hersey are relatively close, but you still got to travel and you're not home. Um, I, I just think those are tall tasks. Hersey bigs back a lot of good talent. Yorkville does too. Prospect does and Barrington um, is going to try to regroup after a down year. So um, I, I, I can see too, but I think I'm going to go with one and three to start the season for this team mostly because it's on the road. You got to figure things out. Um, you're dealing with hostile crowds. Um, if you, it was if it was reversed and Nutria is ho hosting three or four, I would definitely go with, yeah, you got two wins there for sure. Um, I just don't think that that's possible right now. Um, and they can prove me wrong if they want to, but I just think it's no way. Um, I think they'll start the season one and three just based on how difficult that non-conference uh, portion of the year is and with, uh, you know, starting off the year uh, three and four on the road. All right, Joe, uh, you had probably around 20 minutes to think about this, so let's go with it. Uh, way or no way that Loyola wins the CCL ESCC blue? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I I feel positive. I, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe if we went back in podcast, we'd see that I'm just overly excited every time we do this football. <laughs> but uh, I'll say way. I say it comes down to the last game again and they eke out another 
barn burner, super exciting, fun one um, against Mount Carmel. Now that one will be on the road this year, if I'm not wrong. Um, so maybe that's, that's Loyola. Was it it's weird because it was at Loyola at the end of last year, and it's at Loyola again this year. Oh, okay, yeah, that's why I assumed it was there. But okay, well, see that that makes means I'm even more right. Um, <laughs> so um, I'll say the Equinon in, in a really just beautiful football game in the last game of the year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, everyone's gonna be calling me negative to start the season, but I'm going to go with. Uh, I, I just am more confident with what Mount Carmel is bringing back. I mean, you bring back Jack Elliott, who is a talented junior quarterback. We know can play like we we've seen him play football. Like we've seen him play varsity football last year. Um, it was usually in, in the second half. Like he got a lot of rope. Um, he's, you know, you've got Darian Dupree going to Wisconsin. He's coming back. He got an offer from Alabama. Um, you've got a really talented defense. Um, you, I think you just know much more about this Mount Carmel team than you do about this Loyola team. I know that both teams are, you know, I've seen both teams ranked in the top three in the state and I've seen, you know, uh, Steve Susie's really high on them. Sometimes Michael Bryan's really both high on them. Um, but I just think that we know a little bit more about this Mount Carmel team. And I think that'll help them win the CCL ESCC blue. Um, obviously maybe they're playing the game. Um, in week four to start the season, I would be much more confident in Mount Carmel, you know, kind of taking the ropes and kind of winning the division pretty easily. Um, things can change a lot by week nine with both of these teams. But I, I just think based on what we know about this Mount Carmel team right now, I think Mount Carmel wins the blue. Um, Brother Rice can contend too, man. I, I think they're not – Brother Rice is close to Mount Carmel and Loyola – I don't know if they're exactly or exactly where Loyola and Mount Carmel are, but I think both those games are going to be tough as heck too. And I think Santa Rita is going to be tough too. Obviously that's uh, the toughest division and the toughest conference in the state, but uh, I think Mount Carmel wins the blue. So I'm going to go with no way as uh, no way on that one as well. All right, Joe way or no way talking about division races that Nutrier can contend for the CL South CSL South crown. Uh I mean, contend, yes. You know, you put it like that, I'll say away. I mean, they lost to Maine South by an overtime touchdown on, on kind of a controversial call. Um, uh, so I, I, I'll i say for sure, I still think it's Maine South to lose. Um, and, and they're certainly bringing back a ton of talent and they're going to be very good. Um, but I, I think both GBS and Nutrier can compete as they did last year for the conference title. So we'll see. Um, if they can actually pull it off, but I will say way they can compete for it. Yeah, I think they'll compete for it, whether they win it is a, I, I, I don't know, because obviously this Maine South team is very talented um, as they always are, but I think this new cheer team, um, see, this is exactly the opposite of the Loyola Mount Carmel conversation because um, mm -hmm. new Greer and um, Maine South play against each other in week four uh, to start conference play it'll be really interesting to see where Nutria is at that point. Like, are you at two and two or are you at one and three and you're kind of feeling down or you're kind of like, mm, we could have won some of those games or are you feeling good about yourself? Um, the positioning of that game is really interesting for me. Um, so I, I, I think they'll contend for it. Um, I think that game will obviously you need to beat Evanston, Glenbrook, North Glenbrook, South and Deerfield. But um, I think where Nutria is at that point and week four will be really interesting. Um, but way, I do think that they'll contend. Um, and you, we'll know pretty early whether this team is going to, you know, control the division or whether Maine South controls it again. And you're trying to stay in second place at this point. 
All right, Joe, for Highland Park, and our fourth question is pretty simple. Way or no way Highland Park gets back to the playoffs? Way. They're going to do it after, <laughs> um, I mean, four seasons of four or five plus the um, COVID year, which there were no playoffs. I mean, it's been like six, seven years since they've been to the postseason, and this is a team that's had some success in the past or a program. And they're looking to get back there. Their numbers are up, too. So I think there's a pretty good feeling around the program that always helps. And something has to get them over the hump, whether that's energy, motivation, talent, skill. Um, I, I think whatever it is kind of adds up to a fifth win this year. But I do think the margin, you know, it's thin. Um, it, they, for them, it's a tough schedule. And um, I don't think... You know, if they get six wins, that'd be a really successful year, uh, but um, it's difficult. Um, I think we'll see a good measuring stick week two, Deerfield, good rivalry game, but I, I do think they get back to the playoffs this year. Yeah, um, I'm not going to have people call me a grump. I'm going to go away on this one. <laughs> I think they get back to the playoffs. I think they'll be, um, they got the schedule and they got the talent to do it. I think it's pretty simple. New, uh, Highland Park will make the playoffs. Um, just with what they have and what they kind of face. I think that uh, um, you'll be able to do it for a fifth year and uh, make it into the playoffs. All right, Joe, last one, way or no way, um, in a stacked Class 8A classification, way or no way Loyola defends its title and wins a state title? Oh, you go right for the big one. Yep. Oh, I don't. That's what these prediction shows are for, Joe. <laughs> I, I, am, I am stuck on that one. Um, I just think it's so hard to do. And last year, uh, you had kind of, I don't know, you always feel good when you have that, you know, a defensive end going to Michigan and a, you know, two-year all-state quarterback. Um, I, I, I don't know if they defend it. I'll, since I won't be super positive through all this. I'll say no way they win a state title. I think it's too hard to do in back-to-back -back years. They've never done it in back-to-back -back years. It's extremely difficult to do. I, they're going to go far. Um, but once you get to a certain point, as you know, the, the margin becomes it, – it, it, it evaporates. It's gone. You just have to play perfect. And um, you run into maybe the wrong team like they did Lockport a couple of years ago. Injuries can go against you like they did two years ago. Um, so I, I just think uh, it's too hard to repeat. So I'll say no way. This season really feels like 2020, um, 2021 to me, where you, you know, you got that quarterback coming in. You got, you know, Fitz, Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald coming in. You got some talent coming back. Um, and uh, I, I just think that this year's class A day, you got Lincoln Way East, who's bringing back a lot of talent from last year. Obviously, played Loyal in the state championship game. Um, you got a lot of you got York, obviously, I think is class A day. So you got a lot of talented teams um, coming back, and some teams moving up to A day as well. Um, I it's, if there's a con, if there's a if there's a class that it's really hard to repeat, I think it's the eight A. I honestly don't remember the last time a team repeated um, in class eight A, which is how difficult it is to do um, with how many talented teams there are and just how many turnover there is. I think this team definitely makes it back to the playoffs. Obviously, makes it to the quarterfinals, even semifinals. I think, but I think a little inexperience or even you know just a bad game or just a game where one or two plays separate them. 
I, I, I just think that's too tough in, in 8A to repeat, but I, I agree with you. And I think that this team will figure things out throughout the season. Um, but I think that kind of like 2021, they're there. They've got a talented team that can contend. But I think it's 2024 um, if you bring back a lot of talent from this year's team that you can really make a mark. So um, I'm going to go with no way here. I think it's just too tough. I think this team makes it to the semifinals. I think they contend. Um, but I just think it's it's so hard to repeat in general, but it's so hard to repeat in Class 8A. So I'm going to have to go with no way there as well. All right, let's go on over now to the fourth quarter where uh, we go micro and we look into week one. Um, a lot of fun matchups here, Joe, at least for Nutrier and Loyola. Um, let's start off with Highland Park. Highland Park starts the season against Layden on Friday um, at Layden. Uh, Layden was 2-7 and seven, um, last year. Um, Joe, I, I feel like this feels like a game where maybe you go through some bumps in the first half and that kind of stuff, but this feels like a game where Highland Park really needs to show what kind of team they are and, you know, how good they can be um, if they really want the season to be the year that they make the playoffs. Yeah, I think exactly. And if they come in focused, um, they're going to, I believe, have the better team on the field, so they should come out with a victory. I think the only thing that would work against them is if maybe they're overconfident or jittery or, you know, over-energized, and that leads to some some mishaps and things happening. But I, I just think that they're going to overwhelm them. I think they feel good. I think they feel confident and, of course, have the, have the, the team on the field to do it. Um, I think they come out on top of this one and kind of make a statement in week one and feel pretty good. What uh, what do you feel like needs to happen in this matchup? Obviously, this week one matchups are always funny because you don't know what the other team has. You have you don't have any statistics. You don't, you have like maybe some data from last year, but um, it's just so hard to tell. Obviously, with so many new faces and so many teams that were not you know, clued in on as much as we probably um, should be. But, you know, with Layden and what Highland Park brings, what does Highland Park need to do um, offensively primarily just to kind of get things going and show off, you know, what kind of prowess they have? I think they really are going to want to dominate the line of scrimmage. Um, I think that's something that uh, is important to them this year with their returners and getting that run game going because that's really going to set up what they are capable of on offense with. Um, their passing game and their third-year starting quarterback. So um, dominate that line of scrimmage and let's see some positive, you know, a big game for for the running game in, in Rosenblum as well as Finfer. Um, they're also going to – I think they're going to also try to get it to guys like Johnny Walker and Blummer out of the backfield and see what they can do in space. Um, so let's start it right there, dominate the line of scrimmage and on both sides of the football and really hold Layden to a low number. Layden got out to a lead last year, part of Highland Park's – uh, weird give up points early um, thing last year. And uh, while Highland Park came back, they also let Layden back in the game late. So I think they're going to want to keep Layden to a real low number. I think that's important to them too. Yeah, I think that'd be really important uh, just to kind of tear off on that point. Um, all right, let's go to New Trier and Hersey. Um, Trevian's traveling to uh, Hersey to start the season, uh, playing on Friday at 7 p.m., um, Joe, we talked a lot about Nutria. Hersey um, obviously has a lot of talent. They've got five Division I uh, players on their roster. Um, Northwestern commit Carson Grove had 1,400 all-purpose yards last year, had 15 touchdowns. Um, tackle Will Nolan is heading to Iowa. He anchors a really good offensive line. 
Uh, Colton Gambino, who split time at quarterback last year, um, is getting interest as a junior from Division I schools. Uh, Logan Farrell, a tight end, is getting a lot of interest from Division I schools. He has seven offers. Um, Andrew Pignato, a senior linebacker, he has FCS offers. I mean, this Hersey team is really talented, so Nutria is going to face um, a lot of great, uh, you know, a lot of great talent and kind of see what they can do both offensively and defensively in week one. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt. Um, you know, Nutria last year in this game didn't play bad. Yes, they lost 31-0, to zero, but I think they were only down a couple points at halftime, if I remember. Their defense played really well. Yeah. Their offense couldn't put it together, of course, that, you know, they scored zero points. Um, and then a couple mishaps in the second half and the game got away from them. But I think if they do that this year, their offense will score and will keep them in the game or at least sustain drives and make it a ball game till late. Um, so looking for that defense to tackle, 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 keep, keep Hersey behind the sticks um, and get them off the field. Um, much easier said than done. Um, Hersey's going to be a very good team this year. Um, but if you do that, then it'll come down to late in the game and who knows, um, turn over here, turn over there. Uh, you got a guy who can kick 55 yard field goals, but I don't know. You know, you just got to put yourself in a position and give yourself a chance. But uh, I think a, a lot of pressure is going to be on that defense because uh, I do think that offense can at least, you know, hang. How bit you you mentioned that defense? You get that Hersey has a lot of offensively, um, like we've kind of mentioned here. And I, I think that you know you mentioned you know how the offense wasn't able to get a go this year. But I mean, if the defense gives up a a touchdown on the first drive or you know, gives up touchdowns on the first few drives, that puts a lot of pressure on that mutual offense to kind of get things going early on, especially when you're trying to figure stuff out. Um, I, I think it'll be really interesting to see how this team is able to stop so many talented playmakers um, on Hersey's offense and kind of limit them. Um, who are some guys on Nutria's defense that you think that can kind of do that or kind of, you know, will need to do that in order to make this a game? Um. You know, kind of some guys I mentioned in the first quarter, if we're talking about that defensive line, they got a tough task, as you talked about, you know, like Nolan on the offensive line and, and guys like that for Hersey. Um, but just can you make plays around the line of scrimmage? I don't know if you're going to get a ton of pressure going on, like sack-wise, but if you can at least, you know, keep things moving, get tackles around the line of scrimmage, which is going to be big for guys like Jaden Salazar in the middle of that offensive or defensive line and Dylan Jeppy in the middle of linebacking core. Got to make some tackles around that line of scrimmage or, or you know, short gains. Um, we can't just keep getting these five, six-yard chunks and then boom, 20 yards, you know, or boom, 30, things like that, um, which a team like Hersey can and does do very, very often. So you're just going to have to keep, you know, um, any gains to a minimum and then you know they're big plays you know you're going to allow a couple don't get too discouraged about it and come back and be ready for the next play because they're going to keep coming at you offensively what can this offense do against this really tough defense just you know how important is it going to be for that connection for um you know carry and all that kind of stuff or carney i should say um for you know the offense being able to kind of move against a, a Hersey defense that, you know, has some playmakers and uh, run stoppers as well. I think it's going to be a big deal just to score, to be honest, because last year they didn't. So you get on the board, you start feeling good. We can play with this team. I think that's going to be a big energy booster for this team. 
Um, and uh, I, I think they're going to go into it thinking they can play, but it's a different thing having that mindset and actually seeing it happen, getting in that end zone. I think once they do that, they'll they'll loosen up and feel pretty good about themselves. And I, I'm not joking when I say I think they can they can score. Doesn't matter the defense. We'll see if if I'm right on that. But the playmakers are real. So if we can run the football to open up those, you know, very talented wide receivers. Uh, we might see a ball game here. All right, we'll move on over now. We'll get Joe's prediction for that game uh, in a quick bit, but let's move on to our final game here. Loyola travels to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and takes on uh, Catholic Central in that matchup. Um, I feel like we do this every single year, Joe, with these out-of-state games. You, you know that, you know, you know that this uh, Grand Rapids team has experience and has won championships. I mean, they won. Um, They've won uh, I brain fart there. Um, they uh, obviously lost last year uh, and ended their three consecutive championship streak uh, in Michigan. But, um, you know, this team is very clearly talented and has a lot of talent. Um, but Loyola is the same way. So these games are always so interesting because you just don't know what these out-of-state opponents have and um, what offense they run with defense. Obviously, I know the coaches will get some tape on them from last year, but um, it'll be a really interesting matchup. In the matchup, I think we just figure out what does Loyola have this year? What is this Ramblers team going to be this year? Yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a fun one. I it's difficult to predict as we kind of do when they have these out um, out of state opponents. Um, we haven't seen them personally, but we do know how good just in writing and just their pedigree how good this Central Catholic team is. Um, and uh, it's gonna be difficult on the road too. You know, we took on you know Loyola took on Saint X at home last year and you know, showed out with, you know, maybe one of the most complete Loyola teams we've seen. Um, and this year they're going on a road to who's going to be a better team than St. X. Uh, I'm pretty sure at least yeah. St. X was last year. So um, it's going to be a difficult, difficult one. I, uh, especially with the new guys on offense, I think it's going to take him a while. Like I said, maybe a little boomer bust. I think we might see some big plays, but also see some, um, some challenges as they work to, to get together here, get it all, put it all together. Um, so it's no walk in the park. And I think they don't want it to be, they want to challenge themselves early. So based on what we know about Loyola, what are you kind of expecting to see? And what do you feel like you need to see in order for Loyola to win this game? Uh, defensively, I feel like it's their playmakers kind of, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage, you know, limit, limiting the run and that kind of stuff. I think Joe Kelly will be a big part of that as well as an, as a defensive leader. Um, but what do you think this team needs to do in order to kind of pick up a win here? Uh, you know, I'm all, I, I usually fight against the quarterback is everything thing, but we need to see what Ryan Fitzgerald can do. Um, you know, he, he won a starting a competitive uh, quarterback Um I don't want to say controversy quarterback competition yeah. and uh, he, he's put in there. He can do a lot of things with his legs and with his arm. He's, he's a bigger kid. I'm just, let's see what he does against one of the best teams in the, in the darn nation. Um, a lot of pressure in that moment, but I mean, if he comes out and he's uh, effective with, you know, in, in multiple ways, um, I think that'll do wonders for this team and kind of put them in a, in a great place. Uh, obviously on the field, but also mentally. Okay, now now we're moving. Now we know what we got here. Um, so I, I'm looking for for what he can do early. Um, 
And um, I, I do think that defense will be fine. So I think a lot does fall on his shoulders, at least in this game, if we're talking on the field. I think for this game, I think Loyola is going to have to go back to maybe something Loyola has done during the Holosec era. Maybe not that they went away from it the last couple of years with Jake Sterney, but I think that Loyola will need to run the ball. They've got a you know big offensive line. They've got uh, Italian running backs, and I'm, they usually, you know, Obviously, Drew McPherson's in there, and even though with the injuries and that kind of stuff, I think they always are able to bring some guy from the sophomore team or whatever, and he ends up running for, you know, over 100 yards per game and, you know, get picks up big touchdowns. So I think running the ball is going to be really big. Um, you kind of take the pressure off of Fitzgerald in his first start on the road out of state. Um, I think that's going to be huge. And I, if Loyola wins this game, I think it's going to be a prototypical Loyola win, something that we haven't. It feels weird to say because it, not the last year or the last two years have been anything different from what Loyola does, but, you know, they had a strong defense and that kind of stuff, and they still ran the ball. But historically, Loyola has not had a passer like Jake Sterney, and now it's, you kind of go back to having that kind of offense where you run the ball, you wear them down, you wear off, you know, you take time off the clock, and then you have Fitzgerald make some throws here, some dumps here. Maybe you take a shot down the field. Um, but I do think you kind of rely on your talented offensive line and running back and kind of figure things out. Um, and then you just have the defense do what the defense has always done at Loyola, um, you know, stop the run, stop passes. Um, and I think it'll be a really good test for both uh, the offense and the defense just to see how good of a team you have and what improvements you need to make for Naperville North for week two. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it'll it'll definitely inform some of their next moves, too. You're right. All right, Joe, I'm going to get predictions out of you. I want a score for this week, and I want a regular season record and whether they make the playoffs. So Highland Park takes on Layden on Friday. Uh, what is the score for that game, and does uh, what is Highland Park's record? Um, we're going to go for a score, Highland Park victory. Um, I feel pretty good about it, so we'll go – yeah, we'll go 31 to 14. Um, they finish five and four and make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a wide margin as well. I'll go with the, I don't know, let's go with the 27 to three win. Um, I think the defense is able to kind of put together a strong performance. So I'll, I'll give them that. And um, five and four, yeah, I think they make the playoffs. I think they get back into it. All right, Nutria travels to Hersey on Friday. Joe, what is the score of that game, and what is Nutria's uh, regular season record? I think Nutria keeps it pretty close, um, but uh, but I do think just Hersey's. I think they're that good. I thought about it. They're they're one of the best in the state. I don't think Nutria is quite at that level, um, but I do believe they push Hersey. I think it's going to be a good one. So I'll go with uh, um, 24-17 um, Hersey. And I, I, sorry, go ahead. I'll say that Nutrier finishes. Let me see. Yeah, I think they get to six. Um, I, I think their big wins are are against like uh, Prospect or um, and uh, Barrington, and then you know, May, you know, Glenbrook South as well. Um, so uh, I think they get to six and three. I, I I think if this game was a little bit later in the season, I would have more confidence Nutrier, but I think. And these first games, if it feels like talent kind of comes out and kind of helps a team win as opposed to, you know, experience. And I think that that's going to play a factor in this game. I think that uh, Hersey wins 32 
um, to 17. I think that Hersey just has too much talent right now. Nutria is still trying to figure things out and on the road. Um, so I have Hersey winning that game. And then I have Nutria squeaking back into the playoffs five and four. I think that non-conference schedule is tough. I think Maine South is tough. And um, I, I, I just think that, you know, they'll get into the playoffs, but their schedule is not easy at all. And they'll probably get a, a lower seed in the 8A playoffs. All right, Joe, the biggest game, I don't know how much we'll – I feel like these predictions are kind of funny because I just I just think that there's so much up in the air. But Loyola travels to Michigan. What uh, What's the score of that game? Who wins? And uh, what is Loyola's record this year? I think Loyola drops a very, very close game um, and a fun one. Um, just I'll give the home team the advantage. Um, but just two two of the best programs in the country going at it. I think it's going to be great. Uh, so I'll say we end up at 21 to 20, um, a really good one there. Um, and um, I'll uh, I'll say Loyal adds up 8-1. and one. I think they, they run the table the rest of the way and just have that one loss and build from it. I'll say, uh, yeah, I don't – like when you say that, you're like, oh, is that crazy? But it's Loyal. No, it's not crazy. Yeah, I, I think my thinking for this game is the same with you. I think this is a road game. I think uh, Grand Rapids brings back a more experienced team from last year. They're pretty mad about losing last year and not winning a state championship, so they're pretty motivated, and I think there are too many new pieces for Loyola um, on the road for them to be able to pull it off. So I think uh, Grand Rapids wins that game. I'll do 24-21, to 21, um, wins it on the field goal. Um, I think we get some encouraging things from the Ramblers in week one, but I don't think that they're able to win that on uh, to start the year. Um, and then for the Ramblers, I'll have them at, let's do seven and two. I feel like that's optimistic. I'll do seven and two. I think that this team will lose a few games, um, but kind of use it as motivation to kind of make a deeper run in the postseason. So, you know, the, I think for this program, I feel like, you know, they want to win games but they care mostly about the playoffs and winning the CCL, yes, CC Blue. So if you lose a couple games in the regular season and that helps you win some games in the playoffs, I think they'll take that. So um, I'll have them losing this game and finishing the season seven and two. But we're obviously excited to have uh, football back. Um, make sure that you uh, subscribe to Friday Night Drive. We've got all ton of games going on. We've got a ton of coverage. We're doing some fun things this year. Um, on Friday night, we are doing a live uh, broadcast where we've got reporters kind of joining in on our YouTube channel. Um, so make sure you guys uh, check that stuff out and check out all our work at Friday Night Drive. And as always, make sure you subscribe and donate to the recordnorthshore.org. Joe not only will have all the coverage from this weekend um, and all the sports and major events that are taking place in the North Shore area, but he's also got uh, all the local events local news, everything else, board meetings. He's got you covered um, like no one else to so make sure you subscribe and donate to the record northshore.org. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast as well. That's always appreciated. And make sure you check out older episodes. Um, we always appreciate all the support. But uh, we're excited to have week one upon us. Um, hopefully the heat goes away so there are no more cancellations over the next few days. But uh, week one is here. So uh, hopefully you guys are able to get out there, enjoy some football, um, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.